0: Get the cheese to sit bay. The doctor should look at it as soon as possible. It is the way in which we propagate our species. Please demonstrate how this is accomplished. So, what's next? I don't know. Welcome to Casual Trek, the Star Trek recap and ranking podcast. I'm Charlie Etheridge Nun. I'm a comic writer and i'm a star trek fan
1: hi i'm mars we i am a aspiring science fiction writer comedian and star trek fan
0: so in casual trek each episode we normally watch three different star trek stories from the varied shows and films and rank them on a big list from best to worst however we have realized that first of all I messed up the homework for for a recent episode, but also it is quite a bit of work. So we're going to have a, a bit of a chill episode here. We're going to talk about a casual trek for sure, just not one in the stars. So, Mars, how are you?
1: I am doing fine. I am currently sweltering to death here in the wonderfully warm Midwest of Wisconsin, has England cooled down in the last couple of days? Only slightly. Only slightly.
0: Yeah, I had a nice walk just yesterday that was punctuated by little bouts of rain and then extreme sweltering heat. So it. it was an interesting one. It's not as deadly as it felt like last Tuesday, but it's it's been a warm time here in, in southern England.
1: I've had fun over the last week having to tell people at work that not all houses in England have air conditioning because I think about 70% of English houses were built about 200 years ago. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> so, um, with all that in mind... Um, the casual trek that we'll be doing today is about having a nice walk. I quite like a nice walk. I'm situated not too far from the South Downs. So all through my life, from a young age up to the last 72 hours, I've been traipsing up and down varied hills and getting very hobbity vibes <laughs> you know, venturing across all of the the farmland, the bits of old forests and you know, it's not as crazy world as some places, but it's it makes for a very nice
1: journey. See, I've I've never really been a um walk through parks and uh walk through parks and wooded areas kind of guy. It's nice on occasion. Normally I just like walking like back when I lived in the south of England, in the exact same town as city as you, I would like, you know, it's always nice to just kind of go out and just kind of go for a walk for like an hour or so. Just you know, mm. go through like, like uh, the you know, like the lanes, the north lanes, go down along the, like along the seafront, walk to maybe like the marina, or go the other way and walk to Hove because you know the great thing about England is that you can walk places.
0: Yeah, I um from a young age I was generally thrown out into Stammer Park by my mum. And it would be my mum, my brother, the dog and me every single Saturday morning, come rain or shine, we'd be wandering around Stanmore. So it it became uh, enough of a habit that even when I moved out, I would find myself wandering either, like you were saying, a bit of town, you know, kind of pound pavement a bit or just find a hill, you know, Uh, wander up to places like uh, Devil's Dyke or ditchling beacon both of which are kind of a big a big line of hill that drops away sharply into mm. all of these areas of smaller villages with names like Poynings and it's it's all very charming there although it is also incredibly steep so i've i've managed to not fall down them
1: far <laughs> slightly but <laughs> slightly.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly mm.
1: How many hills is Brighton built upon again? Like like five or seven?
0: Oh my word! Oh no, this is testing like, my like, my Brighton lore. It is something around there, certainly, and enough that um, you you do get a good workout if you're crossing oh, Brighton.
1: I I do. realize one of the reasons why I miss. That. One of the reasons why I miss like being in Brighton is that you know, like, is this nice? You know, there are some like nice places to go for walk in the, you know, like in the area. That's kind of like. Where I live, it's very nice, very spread out, which is something I'm, I'm very glad about because of COVID. I've been telling everyone, it's like, I had no worries of catching COVID from someone while just out for a walk because, like, A, I might be the only person in this side of town who walks because, like, I don't have a car and I'm not designed to be a jogger. Like, you know, just walking places it gets you strange looks in America. Like I've had customers come to me and go, "Hey, I was out driving and I saw you out walking." It was kind of weird. Like I <laughs> and you just have to go, "I I like walking for fun or to get to work." Um both my jobs in like recent years have been ones where I've been about half an hour from work which I can walk to because which great saves on the commute but also it stopped me from fully embracing the looking like a fat git lifestyle. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I. While this is an episode about walking, I know I am very much a man with a figure for podcasting, <laughs> not the thin podcaster, the other podcaster, the other podcaster, exactly for one in the loud shirt that you see. Uh, those kind of things.
1: I I feel like for our po- kind of this kind of podcast, I gonna say YouTubing. That we need more action figures on the backs of our walls to show off, like you know, to have our angry plumage, so we can rant about I don't know the women's. Oh God, the women, the women's in the Star Treks. I own far too few Funko Pops for that. I own no Funko Pops. Was was great from where my computer is set up in the back of the of the camera feed, which you know, obviously, this is a great use of the audio medium. Perfect. It's like you can Um, The back of my wife's Cantaloc castle, which is just a fraction of my wife's very large My Little Pony collection.
0: That's impressive. I just have books. and In fact, there is a photo of my brother and I up on the South Downs, just above where your camera can can (laughs) see. Because, yeah, we were just found that often up there. It was a rare photo where... We'd managed to be successfully guilt tripped into posing for a photo by our mum, who tried often to get us to uh, to look presentable for the camera, and it never worked. And yet somehow, God, I think that might have been one of the last walks that we we were all on. So yeah, I was curious. In fact, I, I'm pleased that you didn't, when I, when I floated this idea, that you didn't Tell me just in our chat what walking is like in America, because in recent weeks, I've seen a lot of tweets of people going, you don't realize how much cars have fucked all of this up and how little ability there is to get to any sort of town or city infrastructure to
1: anything without a car it is horrendous no so the bus system in madison is one of the better public transports i've experienced in the state of wisconsin hmm. it's no milwaukee it's better than my wife's hometown of eau claire but the madison bus system is a it's a piece of shit ah because you can get to the center of town but if you want to get to anywhere on the outskirts or in particular it becomes you can you can get to the center of town, anywhere else, it's a bit tricky. Like, I've had um at my last job at Starbucks, I had to cover shifts at other locations, and you'd have to get off a transfer station, get on a bus, get kicked off a bus at a certain point, and then a 10-minute walk to the store I'm meant to be working at. And the drivers are all incredibly polite, wonderful human beings. If you can't read the sarcasm in my voice, then I have failed as an Englishman. <laughs> I've had a bus driver nearly tried to kill me. Oh, good. So they're the same over there then? Pretty much. Like, but, but bus drivers just try and run you down. And they're just all wonderfully polite human beings who look at you when you're trying to use the bus and give them money to use the service that they provide as if there's something wrong with you. And that's kind of the other thing with public transport, is that in the States, the people who use the public transport are either old physically unable to drive, the regularly insane, and the criminally insane, and um, lower income tax brackets. Right. And remember, this is America, so we both know what I'm saying without actually saying it. Oh. So
0: is there facility for you to go, I just fancy a bit of a wander,
1: and and go a-wandering? There is? Well, there are places I can walk to in... Like this, in this kind of this side of town, there are a few parks nearby, but not, but thankfully, if I want to walk, there's a really nice coffee shop, which is about 20 minutes away. That's like my favorite coffee shop. When I, I used to joke that on my days off, I wouldn't want to go to my place of work for coffee because that would be gauche. Mm -hmm. Then I have to explain what the word gauche means. And so I have like my own personal, like a personal favorite independent coffee shop, like 20 minutes away run by a lovely Egyptian guy and some really nice stuff. It's right next to a lovely secondhand bookshop, Ooh. which has seemed far too much of my personal income <laughs> for me to honestly admit. There used to be a really nice budget cinema, which sadly closed down early this year. And that was a re- like that looked like a proper old school seven 70- like it had a very kind of seventies kind of Martin Scorsese lower east side kind of feel. It was kind of awesome. Nice.
0: I um so for me. Where I was living a few years ago, I quite liked that I was about half an hour from being up a hill. I was in the Preston Park area and it was, I I was sullying up for place. Don't get me wrong. You know, five ways is, it's a fancier district in Brighton. It's not quite the big fancy districts because I could walk up Dyke Road down the other side and see the walled places.
1: I remember where you used to live because mm. I used to go, because I, when I went to high school, I went to Stringer.
0: Oh god, I forgot we were rivals.
1: Yep, I'm a Stringer kid. What, what, what were you? Moleskine small, small Comprehensive? Uh, close. I was Stanley Deaton. White, White Hawk, um Juvenile Delinquency School? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But Mr. Sussex's rehabilitative academy for dangerously underfunded youth culture Wow
0: <laughs> God this is this is bringing me back to um, when I was a child my dad made my brother and I record aunt's phone kind of messages for for people that had call in one of which which lost him friends <laughs> was was us. Introducing the place that people had called as for Myra Hindley' home for truculent children, <laughs> and that we were all out on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I was part of the uh, part of Stanley Deason before it was rebranded multiple times and then closed down.
1: Stanley Deason got closed down. Yes,
0: yeah. I mean, it is just a leisure centre now, but it was Marina High briefly and then it then it was some weird like oh this is going to be an art school for sensitive children but we will invite all of the previous kids as well and just it's a feeding trough <laughs> there but no after losing enough blood and teeth from that place i ended up becoming a vandenian which mm. it was like going to clueless but as a as a school it was incredible <laughs> and weird and I admit I'd I'd hit the the point of being weird enough by design. Uh an art teacher told me back at Deason there was a kid who kept being perpetually bullied and what he did was he just got the longest scarf he could find. He proper Tom Baker Doctor Who did. Oh, oh and it, nice. And it weirded enough people out that they just wouldn't do anything to him they'd just leave him alone so i think i was still in that sort of mindset when i went to van and i didn't quite capitalize on it being again very much your clueless sort of vibe of a place or your oc
1: kind of place See, charlie what i'm imagining is you took on board that this last kid dressed himself up as to lose the track so you decided to emulate vincent van gogh Went and in, walked into Van Dean. Walked into your class and cut your own air off in front of, in front of your classmates.
0: <laughs> I I did wear a back brace at the time and had a trick of stabbing myself in the vent holes with it because then you could like stick a pen in and it would stay there. <laughs> that worried a lot of people. <laughs> but anyway. Tangent aside, and I'm not even timing these at this point. This is just a casual trek. This
1: entire episode is one long egg timer.
0: It really is. I will spare the audience by not having a a timer noise all the way through the entire thing, because we are merciful. But yeah, so I was living up in that kind of neighbourhood and feeling like I was poisoning the well a bit by being kind of a post-university commoner up in in five ways sort of way, and realised, oh, you couldn't just go down and up a hill, and suddenly, boom, Devil's Dyke, And that was yep. a lovely walk. Admittedly, at first, you'd go alongside the road on this dirt track, and the next for road bits weren't great. And there was a point where I got surprised by a snake, and the snake got surprised by me. And we were just like, you stay there, I'll give you a wide berth. And then it chilled out again. It, it was a hot day, it was just basking there. But I'd never seen a snake in like real life before. I mean, you know, we do get them, but not not often really.
1: No. no. Like Brighton's like Brighton is incredibly urban. Mm. Like it's quite funny like when I compare like where I live now and when I try and describe Brighton, I end up just going, "Um, you ever read the opening chapters of Neuromancer?" I basically live in urban sl- I basically live in an a concrete urban dystopia. <laughs> it was a, it's a nice urban dystopia I mean it's better than Milton Keynes oh yeah yeah,
0: I don't know it goes through cycles I've found you know there there are t- many attempts to gentrify uh, London and or Lewis Road and then you know London and or Lewis Road hit back and you know it, now if you want if you have the prelapsarian vision of a a squalid kind of grimy dystopic eighties. Early nineties kind of Brighton. You you've got enough closed shops and al- enough urban deprivation, but you've also got some some like nice places in amongst it. I guess it,
1: it looked pretty bad when my wife and I came back in twenty sixteen. Like a lot of really a lot of really nice places to close down. That really nice pizza stall in in front of Churchill Square. Mm. That kind of the kind of the pizza stall which had like the square slices. Oh, that was like lovely. I was hot. I was heartbroken when I went to Churchill Square like, for the first time in like a couple of years. Like, wait, that, that place closed down? <laughs> but they got my money every Saturday.
0: It's got an incredible combination, I think, because you do have places like the London Road Hellmouth, which is um, student flats mostly now, and the occasional bits of, of gentrification and a restored open market. But then you've also got tons of closed down places, um, same with um, Churchill Square and the areas around it. You realize how many shops didn't survive pre the pandemic. You know, how no. many survived what nearly a there decade was. of austerity under the Conservatives well, and then a pandemic. And some of them that survived till, you know, this year and then died. It's so, like, oh, you gave it a good innings, you know, you had a good go of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird one with that because you do get moments going. Oh, it's this area's getting a bit up and coming. It's like, no, no, it's, no, no, kind of, but not always for long. And I um, yeah, I mean, where I'm at now, I'm more central to Brighton. I'm in the lowlands of Hanover, so I can traipse over to the sea for an evening and have a look over, over all at all of the waves and at the wind farm where I'm pretty sure the guy from Tenet's living in one of them <laughs> and uh, a base looking thing that um my brother always insists is mother base from um Metal Gear Solid Five. And oh, no. um yeah, yeah, it's all right. Our, our Kojima chat will be in the future. Um...
1: <laughs> Speaking of like of of weird, okay, not actually Kojima. Have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once?
0: Not yet. I really. Oh, so,
1: first of all, there is a. It, it is an, an amazing, insane, brilliant film. Mm. Second of all, the characters briefly end up in Brighton. Because oh. there's a shot of them outside the West Pier. Like and my wife and I recognize it immediately in the cinema because like you know, I've lived I lived in Brighton my nearly my entire life and she's visited enough times to have seen the the burnt out husk of the West Pier. To go, Yep, I recognize that.
0: That's weird. I do like even though I, I miss being so near the downs. Living where I am now, just being able to go have a nice evening's a stroll, and my partner and I would get out to the pier, and then we could go ooh over towards the uh, the ruins of the West Pier and the Brighton thing, which is
1: still a travesty. The the Brighton, you I mean the 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 thing that goes up and down?
0: The giant pole with a ring for lights up and goes up and down it regularly in oh yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that that one that's the one outside my that's the one outside my former place of work isn't it outside the hilton yes yeah that's oh one. man i think i think i'm glad i'm left before because god i can imagine i can just imagine this getting really boring just sitting in a room just going things going up yep things come down again i miss walking along the sea that's i i miss that so much from back home
0: yeah, it's it's a lovely experience doing that. In fact, at the moment where you go from the pier all the way along the marina, they've refurbed a whole bunch of that. The big seawall, all of the structure there is still falling down, but it's all you know scaffolded up and hoping to get funded enough to be rebuilt or made. To
1: be useful, when Brighton becomes the first vanguard of inevitable climate change. Yeah, yeah,
0: that. Yeah. But along the seafront, where you've got the pebbles and such, they've, which is, you know, I guess all of the seafront, but they kind of cut in and have this nice wooden decking pathway all the way along for the final stretch from one of the groins out there all the way up to the marina, which is it's really nice, actually. It's um, lovely. Yeah, it's surprising because I, I wouldn't not wander up there anyway, but before there was the narrowest stretch of stone that you could walk along, at, or like concrete or whatever, and no matter what, you'd walk along and there'd be people taking up as much space as possible coming the other way and you'd have to hop onto the stones and then back. And um, it's it's one of those places where just wandering along it gives me a a, there's a nice feeling a nice vibe about it and i don't know what it is with that there are some places where it's not a a stopping point it's not a goal or a destination it's just this bit where i'm just walking along and my mind kind of wanders a bit yeah i obviously you know i like wandering around and having a bit of a walk for fun but i found um actually walking is a bit of a therapeutic thing uh really good back when i was in my old flat and unable to sleep and having racing thoughts and all that i'd i'd tend to have a a late night kind of anxiety walk almost Mm. I'd, i'd dub them where i'd head down from the preston park area and up along dyke road and along the kind of big old houses a lot of which are now just care homes and such but I'd put on some music or a podcast and I always found that quite relaxing. And I remember when my brother visited at one point and we were having a talk and he was saying about back when he was having, I mean, he still has insomnia issues, but when he was less in control of them and having insomnia walks and sometimes he'd end up around our old school and all that. So... Sometimes when he'd visit, we'd just have a bit of a wander in the dark around the five ways sort of area around again, around Dyke Road up to the with Windmill. And, um, that was nice, even though my brother and I being my brother and I meant that we would often get in fairly cyclical arguments and <laughs> conversations at the point where I have a vague idea for a, a have kind of a tabletop story game called Walk in the Dark which would see you going through a deck of cards that you'd shuffle up which would have almost like conversational journeys as well as the physical locations that you're going across. Like, oh, there's a fox. Or any of those kind of things. Like a driver weirdly staying still at a green light and that uncertainty of can we cross? Who knows what this person's up to? But you'd travel from point a to point b and you'd flip the deck over and you'd be traveling all the way back but any of the conversations any of the things that you started would never finish on the way up and yeah. might finish on the way back when you end up having the conversation get circular and all the way back round to where it was originally and some of them might finish some of them might just get abandoned halfway through, like so many tangent-ridden conversations that we'd have. Similar to our oh, many tangent-ridden <laughs> conversations, I guess. So yeah, I I don't know how common or how much a thing that is. I just started I, doing it.
1: I don't. I I don't walk as much in the evening, like late in the evening, mm. as I did back in Brighton. Um, sometimes I would. Sometimes, like I would walk home from work here, and that's like twenty minutes. Like when we, when I let when work would usually finish about like eleven o'clock, ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and like people would like, don't you get scared? I'm, like, no, it's a open, it's an open stretch of pavement. There usually aren't enough cars, and if if someone's coming after me, I'm gonna see him coming because like everything's spread out. Yeah, you'll when have a few
0: then, minutes to prepare. You know, I have so a few minutes to
1: prepare. Also, I look like a like okay. I'm nearly forty, but I look like a student with no money. That's been my that's been my disguise my entire life. If I look like I have no money, no one's gonna fucking mug me. And the best thing is that if, if someone sees you out walking in America, they're probably like, "Fucker has no money. Not gonna mug him." <laughs> well, well, in the Midwest, obviously, like in places like New York, mm. um, where it's much more like London, people generally gonna walk more. But no, when I live. In Brighton, I lived with my parents. My parents would, um, my parents would argue a lot. They didn't have the the healthiest marriage. The strange thing is, they've been my mom and my stepdad have been divorced since two thousand and eight, and they still live together. Oh, I'm starting to think that it may have been me, because their relationship improved when I immigrated. So, thanks, guys. So there would be evenings when it's like, I just need to get out of, the, out of the house. It is, there's too much, there's kind of too much kind of going on. And, you know, just kind of like walk down to the seafront and like walk across the seafront and walk Western, you know, walk Western west Road, maybe grab like some fish and chips or a kebab from like the numerous late night chippies, which, which Brighton is, is famed for. And again, since I look like I have no money, no one's going to assault me. Maybe a, a homeless guy might, um stagger at me and ask me to share whatever strange concoction he has in that brown paper bag but one thing i I always think about when i'm walking in brighton is just how of of the light pollution because i swear whenever you're out late enough in in like central brighton the sky is almost like vomit colored there's a weird orange to it it's that weird orange which i don't get here i can see the stars Hmm. at night like it looks it looks dark there are no huge skyscrapers. There are no things going up and down <laughs> on the seafront. So yeah, some but like a you know, step out Brighton, I kinda of, the sky just looks disgusting.
0: There have been some interesting changes in streetlights around, which I think have helped a bit. I don't know. I've not really paid enough attention, probably, with that. I know um, places like the level, which is it's basically uh, a big square with an x for there's pathways and then grass where um if you ever want cat then the level's probably a place if you want half a stolen bicycle or just to observe <laughs> a dog on a string then
1: I, I am i am i am well known for my love of, Ket- of ketamine <laughs> of course aren't we all it, it's my middle name miles loves ketamine read lobato <laughs> The level's fine, to be honest. It's got irrigation
0: problems, which even after they spent years fixing it, it still floods, and I think
1: they're trying to fix it now as well. I, I thought the skateboard park was the um the irrigation because like if a couple of skaters die it's fine.
0: Oh, the skate park's such an improvement on the old one.
1: Oh but but oh god have they gentrified the skate park?
0: Uh <laughs> it's it's definitely more of a thing. It was Kind of like a, a little out of the way rectangle with one ramp and one thing. Now it's a full quarter of the big X of the uh, of the level, and it's it's got graffiti from varied people, including a few well known local graffiti artists, and uh, sometimes you'll get events happening on or around it, which again it, it's kind of charming obviously i'm I'm an ancient old tubby nerd so it's it's not for me I am no. I'm long past any sort of age for that sort of thing but I've forgotten what my original point was about the level uh so you can
1: buy you can buy cat.
0: pre before that before that um that's terrible. Okay, yeah, welcome to the all-tangent episode, I guess. I've gone so far that I've completely forgotten, and I will hear it in editing, and I will kick
1: myself. of the the best part about late-night walks in Brighton, there's always a pub. There's always, like, again, I enjoy educating people about how England operates in comparison to the States, because I, I, I think there's a lot of people who just kind of watch downton abbey and bake off just kind of assume that our existence is basically like their existence only with better accents and top hats i mean if only if only um but no we're just in like um a crazed fight for for meaning and a vast uncaring universe as they are except we have better accents and top hats but the one thing the one big difference between the midwest and england that i've noticed is that within five minutes of being anywhere in most big enough cities in England, you're in a five minute walk of at least 10 good pubs and five it's average, but they have Guinness on tap. So they'll do <laughs> like it's, it's true. Cause I've actually had to, I've actually had to think about it because there are no huge amounts of bars in like where I, wo- where I work and I would joke to people like if I had a bad day at work in Brighton, I could be sitting down and have a pint in about five minutes. If I had a bad day at work in Madison, where I where I live, where I where I work, if I need a drink uh, five minutes after work, I'm going to Denny's. Oh, and if you try and get a pint at Denny's, they'll probably host an intervention because no one no one goes to Denny's to drink.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, a chilling difference compared to here. Um, yes, I remember my original point about the level and it's for lighting because yeah, even that has those sort of motiony light sort of things and it's they're very bright but all downwards. So you get these nice little pockets of light rather than um yeah, the sort of ambient bleed of orange <laughs> from the older ones. So I don't know. I'm I'm definitely going to have to have a look now and possibly depending on on how my partner's feeling um possibly go have a little bit of an evening wonder. I don't know the heat is still at that level where you end up going, I've exerted myself for a small amount of time. I'm going to collapse. Yep. Especially these last couple of days where after a week of heat and basically no exercise for my, my birthday weekend on Sunday, uh, went out from, uh, Ditchling beacon and walked all the way to devil's Dyke, which is a nice Ooh. walk. It's a long walk, but also I've realized past Charlie was an idiot because in a, in a time pre-having a smartphone, I tried walking from Preston Park to Stanmer Park to Ditchling Beacon to Devil's Dyke. So I, I basically looked at the top of some hills and went, I'm pretty sure I could get from there to there. Didn't look at a map, didn't uh, know where I was going. I just eyeballed it and then spent 12 hours hoping that I don't get found as a skeleton in a loud shirt on a hill.
1: Okay. I have a I have a story a walking story for you. Please share. This is July fifteenth, two thousand and four, which is a very important day for me because that was the day where I met my lovely wife Rihanna in person for the first time after like two years of doing the online thing. I travelled to America, made my travel to America, spent a spent in week, a week a week in uh, New York, which was a smelly. Heat filled humid hell. Went to DC for a couple of days, nearly got arrested after seeing Spider Man 2. Because um the
0: God, they were harsh. Those critics were rough on
1: Spider Man. Because a policeman assumed I was trying to sell drugs to a transgender prostitute. But enough about that story. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I, I made it from Chicago where I got lost looking for the world's tallest one of the tallest buildings in the world. And then Got on a Greyhound to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and they deposited me at a. How Greyhound buses work in the states is that they have drop-off points, but it's not like unless it's like the big cities, it's going to be like a McDonald's. So you will stop and have a piss break at a McDonald's in like the middle of like a like a, a motorway or or a highway, whatever, and it would be one of those old like really old McDonald's which have like life-size plastic. Ronald McDonald, like molded into the seat so the kiddies can sit next to him. And you're like, and this is the point where you're like, you're, it's 2 a.m. and you're, you're hyped up, hopped up on adrenaline and the need to piss. And so you're looking at it and you're thinking, that ain't right. That's going to come to life and kill me. I've seen this episode of Doctor Who. So when I got to Eau Claire, the bus station deposit, it deposited me at a McDonald's. And I mistook, mistakenly thought I was close enough to the center of town where my wife lived that I could walk it. And I was basically at a truck stop. And I started, started walking, picked a direction, walked in that direction. And the one thing Wisconsin is well known for is that is the serial killer Ed Gein, who oh, yeah. inspired both Norman Bates and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So when I passed my third run-down ramshackle house, which could easily be home to Leverface, I thought, fuck it, turn around, walking back to McDonald's, and I'm phoning for a pickup. <laughs> so I met my wife for the first time um, at a McDonald's because I was scared about getting murdered by a chainsaw, as so I was probably walking in the completely wrong direction.
0: God, they say romance is dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh I love it. That's um one of those perfect kind of moments. That sounds so good. Oh yeah, I so the first time that I asked out my partner, Emma, I I was actually out on a walk because I was bottling it constantly. I was panicking about asking her out we were part of the same writing group uh the same writing group that you were part of for several years back in in Brighton and she'd broken up with someone else I'd I'd done my due diligence I'd left enough you know time to be tactful but we'd been hanging out a lot and we went to each other's dates for a friend Maggie's wedding and it was getting to that point where my angsting over asking Emma out had got incredibly insufferable for one of my colleagues. Who had you
1: hit, Peter Parker level angsting?
0: Oh hell yeah, yeah! I was, ve- I was, I was in the Parker zone. Oh there. no! And I am so, so grateful for uh, my friend Ari at work who put up with
1: all of this and was very much. I've got one more question. I apologise. Was your friend's name? Is your friend's name Harry, and you're just saying Ari to kind of sound kind of Cockney, or is his name actually Ari?
0: No, no, my friend's name's Amelia. Oh, and... okay. <laughs> and yeah, her name's Ari, A R I. But yeah, so she'd put up with all of that melodramatic whining and was very much in the just do it kind of phase. And I, as someone who likes to overthink things, as someone who again, uh, my my brain is a traitor a lot of the time and would stress out a lot of the time. I had left work and got home 100% intending to text Emma and ask her out. And I was in enough of a, a freaked out internalizing all this kind of space that I went on a bit of an anxiety walk. And I found my way all the way up to the with Dean windmill. And I Hit a point on Windmill Drive, I think it was, where I was clambering up this hill, and it is a steep one. And I was like, Charlie, by the time you hit the top of here, you're going to have texted her. You're going to have asked her out. And uh, like, this wasn't even uh, a bold, wonderful declaration. This was very much, a, oh, you, if 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 you're not busy, would you would you like to do something? Kind of sort of thing which you know i still get a good amount of mockery for emma's uncertainty about whether our first date was actually a date because of that level of i don't know kind of nervous like not not non-committalness to define it because of you know trying to seem cool just out of sheer pants-wetting fear
1: you didn't send a text saying, I I have walked up to a windmill to declare my affection for you.
0: Would I could bellow it over the south downs from here to Horsham? In retrospect I probably should have.
1: You should have instead you you wrote like a crazy person, walk to a windmill, will you go out with me? <laughs>
0: Pretty much. I sent that text and I I stood about for a minute feeling like a Wally for not having done that before. And she texted back in a kind of, yeah, yeah, all right. And the elation at that and the kind of, back and forth about sorting out what to do. And I ended up still kind of just wandering and ambling and found my way down a bunch of streets and hills that I had no memory of and no actual knowledge of. And this must have been about 10 by that point at night. So I, after after closing out the messages, I just looked around. So, like, I have no idea where I am. I have a vague idea of the direction of the sea. Which in Brighton is a great thing for not, yeah. not getting lost when you hit that point and go that way. I can see the Brighton thing. I can see the wind farm. It is all there. And that's that's quite nice to be able to go, I cut I can't ever get too badly lost yeah um i say that probably tempting fate at this point again keep an eye out on the south downs for a skeleton in shorts and a very loud shirt and that'll be me that'll be you yeah yeah my inevitable fate but yeah that was a time where it was it felt like a pivotal point despite being something so incredibly incredibly minor that i was doing but also you know evidently as someone that's been going out with Emma for several years now and you know we we live together and luckily she also likes to wander so dragging her up uh several Hills uh, getting cursed out for trying to kill her by going up Mount Caven, and then uh cursing her for trying to kill me similar walks as well it's you know
1: that's just love I guess yeah you know my you know Ran and I aren't really like a walking couple because she if she's gonna go go out and walk, she needs like a she needs like a purpose. Yeah, you no, know, it's like it's it's like um role playing game kind of logic. It's like you need to go place to complete objective and then come back to home base. Oh, I a hundred percent
0: get that. I'm terrible at for like pub hang sort of thing. The the hang with no purpose uh, with wandering. I don't know. It's a little different as it feels like, but
1: that is. How can you have a pub hang with no purpose? You're in a pub. You have a purpose. Consume consume shandy. God, I think
0: we're both. Yeah, these statements are both true in both directions. With this, for wonder is for purpose. For pub is also for purpose. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think especially because sometimes it's been a good way of processing stuff in my head. Other times it's just recharging that, the creative batteries. I find if I'm up on a hill, if I can see the green and have the sky and all of this, even though what I write is almost never actually set in no. countryside or up a hill or anything, it just, it, it hits the it recharge button. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, with things like uh, the last couple of days with wandering up the South Downs, it... After a week of no exercise, it felt like I made back a good amount of that with how much wandering we did. And then what was it? it was the South Downs Way um, Sunday. And then yesterday, for for birthday itself, we went to Hastings. And there was, a, I don't know if towns over there do this kind of thing, but this is something I'm seeing more of at the moment, a sort of charity, like, walk around looking for giant painted ducks and we've had dogs here in brighton and i'm sure i've seen snails in places
1: we we have there is something like that in in madison actually um because america is all about like their local college sports teams because for some reason wisconsin is associated with badgers
0: Hmm. so
1: the college basketball team for for the university of madison wisconsin is the badgers, and they have a mascot um, who is a surly-looking badger called Bucky Badger. Before you ask, he doesn't have an artificial arm and Soviet code words implanted (laughs) in him. He's just a very pissed-off-looking badger. If you meet him in a dark alleyway, he's going to punch you on the nose. So there are a bunch of different Bucky statues situated around the city, and of course they have like a diff- like different things. Like the one which is by the local UW um University of Wisconsin hospital, because it's the big hospital, and Tanos, they have they have a lot of the medical students work go there. There is a nearby Bucky which has one side done as like a cross section of the anatomy of an anthropomorphized badger. Okay. Yep.
0: Hmm. Weird. But no
1: but no dogs. Aw. Yeah,
0: for this one around Hastings it was it was a duck hunt. Uh, yeah. It was quite nice. I always quite like a bit of a, a traipse around Hastings, see some of the old sort of buildings, all the old fishermen's huts kind of thing. Um the pier is a bit weird as it got renovated, widened, and then it is now privately owned and being turned into some kind of gig venue rather than a, you know, proper pier that's a shame but the rest of it's quite nice we're probably going to head up there again because the ducks aren't just there but are in st leonard's and in Bexhill. hill okay so yeah um i have no idea when this episode's airing but if it's before the start of september there are ducks in those places
1: enjoy i in that period of time i may have played a round of duck hunt on nintendo entertainment system because love Love a good game. Love a good game of Duck Hunt.
0: I've never played Duck Hunt. I have played Duck Hunt Dog in Smash Bros. Mm. Love a bit of Duck Hunt Dog. Can't get people to play Smash Bros with me, though, because I'm almost all right at it. And most people I play it with haven't played it before and aren't good at it, which I always figure is the point of Smash Bros. It is just chaos.
1: Smash Bros. seems like one of those fighting games where you don't need to kind of be good at it, because you're playing Pikachu, and you're kicking the shit out of Mario. Right. That's what you're playing. It's not like Street Fighter, where you have to learn all these really complicated moves. You're basically playing the video game equivalent of everyone's first fan fiction, which is what if Pikachu gave Mario a kicking
0: in <laughs> Well, it's, it is just smashing toys together and yeah. i think the problem is some people assume that there's a skill set yeah that there's skills that are needed and don't get me wrong there are some incredibly skilled smash players i went to a really fun fighting game night here in brighton of god a few years before the pandemic even at sticky mike's frog bar sadly now closed and i got my ass handed to me by a proper like tournament level smash player but it's the kind of game where it, it doesn't matter. You you can just have chaotic fun. And I think a yeah. lot of people don't quite realise that. So yeah, it's it's a shame. But yeah, I've I've been duck hunt dog a bit. The idea of being two characters in one's quite nice. I've no idea what this has to do with walking. But yeah, it's it's just me getting vaguely wistful that I've not played Smash in at least a year Mild. or two now. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I think wondering wise, I've probably waxed lyrical about the experience of going on a nice walk. I don't think I've got much else to add. Do you have any any last thoughts about going on a nice walk?
1: Not really. Like um there's a brief period of time when I used to do temp work. And, and because I, I didn't want to go and look for a real I, I didn't want to go for, look for a real job. So when there was a period when temp shifts were scarce i would lie to my parents about having temp shifts and then i would leave work like dress for work at like not like eight nine o'clock and then i would walk all over the strangest parts of town where i knew my parents would not find me until about five six o'clock and then i would make my way back i would take a book i would end up in small parks like in like the squares of buildings Mm. where I think actual junkies hung out and would then just kind of sit and read for an hour and then just kind of move and just kind of move along because, you know, there's an off chance of being seen by someone who can then report back to your parents. And I was 22 at the time, Ah. you know, I, I, and then once I went to the Marina cinema and saw, and that's how I saw ghost rider. And this, this always, this always, I always remember this viewing a ghostwriter because in the commercials before the film, there was a "Don't Drink and Drive" commercial, a very, very graphic "Don't Drink and Drive" commercial. Then there was a then there was a commercial for I think it was Bacardi. Oh, and then the commercial right after the Bacardi commercial was the exact same graphic "Don't Drink and Drive" commercial I had seen just before the the Bacardi ad. <laughs> okay.
0: Interesting. Like
1: very mixed messages.
0: I never quite got round to um to seeing Ghost Rider, but that must have been quite the
1: experience. Out of Nick Cage films I've seen in the cinema, it wasn't as good as the Unbearable Lightness of Talent, which was fun, but could have could have pushed it could have pushed the Nick Cage ness further. Ghost Rider should have been more fun because it's Ghost Rider. Yeah. It's like one of Marvel's more, more dumber characters. I mean, that's saying a lot. You know, I'm
0: a I'm a big Adam X fan. After all,
1: like you know, you maybe you can make a Ghost Rider movie. You can't. You're not going to make an Adam X movie. How dare you! Like you know, we're going to get we're going to have more Ghost Rider movies than we're going to have. Then say Adam Warlock movies, which is a shame because with Adam Warlock, you have all the cosmic, angsty Elric ripoff backstory, Jim Starlin greatness whereas with ghost rider all you need is a motorcycle and a flaming skull and you can just write any old covers <laughs>
0: right and i guess that's our moral for the day yeah so this has been our our slight diversion from the usual casual track shenanigans uh, next time we'll be looking at something possibly rifts i don't know <laughs> I've I've yet to I've yet to book it up on the Docket, but um it's gonna be something a little more Star Trek themed. So catch us then. You can always find some usual places. I'm at Charlie underscore EN on Twitter and skyshark.itch.io for my comic and possibly even some RPG bits in the near future.
1: I will be, I am always as found on at man miles on the hell site, Twitter and as before any, any other forthcoming will be announced. Nice. Now,
0: uh, yeah, time for everyone to go for a bit of a walk. Bye. Live long and
1: have a nice walk.
0: Yeah. You have been listening to casual track by Charlie Etheridge, Nunn and miles Reed Labato. The intro theme was by Alfred Etheridge, Nunn, Star Trek's owned by paramount, and casual track is part of the Nerd and Tie network.